0: The Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by Professor Wagstaff, Venomous Vinny. Good to be with you again, friends, as we bring you another installment of a format that we call the Monster Mash. For those unfamiliar, we each pick a movie and make each other watch it, something that may not fit into a particular genre or just any type of episode roundtable that we're doing. So I'm Grizzly Abner, and I chose a film called Grabbers.
1: Professor Wagstaff here. My selection was Neon
2: Maniacs. Howdy-do. <laughs> Vinny here. I chose
0: Terrified. Okay, so let's start with The Professor. Uh,
1: my selection was Neon Maniacs. It's from 1986. Uh, it was directed by, uh, forgive the pronunciation here because I'm not sure, Joseph uh, Mangani we'll say, or Mangine uh cinematographer alligator i don't think he directed um, too many movies and then this really isn't going to have a whole lot of people that you recognize in it clyde hayes was paul in friday part four friday 13th part four um <clears throat> you get uh, the same writer from Pumpkinhead, uh, patrick corducci and andrew devoff his this is his uh first film he was in wishmaster i think the stand a few others but he plays the doc one of the maniacs um and I just I picked this because it's just an 80s obscurity that I think has some
0: interesting elements to it uh, that kind of set it apart. Did you guys have any, have any uh, history with this? I remember some friends of mine had rented and watched it in high school. Uh, like they, It was like the unintentional, intentional go-out-and-rent, the wildest movie you can find. Uh, and that's what they did with this. And I've heard them talk about it ever since, but never watched it. Gotcha. I had never heard of it. Yeah, this is one that I, I
1: only came across here in uh, recent years Um, and I think what's most interesting about it before we get into kind of the general ideas of it is that it's um, for all intents and purposes it should be just a completely bad movie but it has all these different elements where they're really good at what they're doing like the music, some of the special effects and and the way they dress things up uh, are really they far exceed the usual uh, just schlock that was being pumped out by the middle of the 80s in the VHS era. So I think that it just had a little bit more uh, charm and heart to it. Uh, but the basic premise for this um, is, you know, kind of the first act we we introduce our kids. And it's important to point out as we go through this that every cliche that you can think of for the 80s is pretty much included in here at some point, even if just briefly. Um, but <clears throat> we open... Uh, with a quote before we even show anything, and I'll give that quote real quick uh, with the very ominous voice. When the world is ruled by violence and the soul of mankind fades, the children's past shall be darkened by the shadows of the neon maniacs. So uh, make what you want of that coherent quote to open things. And... Um, We then have, uh, we get to know basically the three main kids for the movie that we need to uh, be familiar with here. Um, We have Steven, who's kind of a loner. We open the film with him walking the dog by the van of of kids going out to party. They kind of blow shit towards him. Uh, Natalie in the group uh, will be one of our other main characters. They're yelling happy birthday at her while they're in the van. And then we also have um, Paula, who is a monster kid. Much like we have in the vein of like the boy in Salem's Lot, Corey Feldman, in Friday the 13th Part 4. Uh, just the room decked out with all of the uh, various posters, masks, and everything else. Um, and so these three eventually will kind of come together. But the movie opens with kind of introducing them. And then we have a fisherman uh, down at the Golden Gate Bridge there in San Francisco... And he finds cards of these monsters that are inside like this skull that he's found down there. And uh, out pops uh, one of them to axe him. And um, then we we kind of unfold these kids going to the park where they're partying, like you do when you're a teenager in the 80s, throwing the football around, hooking up, hanging around the van, partying. And then the monsters show up, the maniacs. And uh, they're a sight... (laughs) To be seen because they're just very, very different, um, and there's the various attacks that they have in the park, and so that's kind of our introduction to the, the just the basic core of the movie. Yeah. Thoughts on when they arrive?
2: Looking like the poor man's Nightbreed.
1: Before Nightbreed.
2: <laughs> L- looking like uh, the bad guys from Big Bad Beetleborgs, the Power <laughs> Rangers knockoff.
1: Yeah, this was before even Cabal was written, so. I don't know. I'm I'm guessing Clyde Barker just came up with his own ideas, but you never know. Yeah, it's it reminds me of some schlock from the '50s where they'd have like a monster parade. There's a movie called The Black Sleep with Basil Rathbone and uh, older, well, less healthy Lon Chaney Jr. at that point, some others where they've got all these monsters, kind of like almost like a carnival underneath this place, and you kind of go through getting to know each of them. They're all very different. Thirteen ghosts. And then, like, you're talking about Nightbreed 2 that would be made a few years later. It's just kind of this parade of insanity. It's a
0: wacky movie. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> to say the least. Creature design is out there because there's not a coherent design to link them together.
0: Like every, It's like a, a monster village
2: people. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, just from my notes, you've got a caveman, a samurai, a, a Native American, electro... Uh, A hun with a crossbow, a doctor, a soldier, a bit of like a Godzilla.
1: Yeah, it's insane. (laughs) So, and I won't spend too much time on the plot because it's not uh, anything that really reinvents the wheel. You get in the second act, Stephen and Natalie uh, meet each other when he's delivering groceries and he asks her out. They go out, and uh, she's being hunted at this point because she survives this initial attack that we're yep. mentioning at the beginning, and so they're constantly seeking her out. Uh, the monster kid, Paula, explores the attack area and discovers the monster's hideout. Uh, cops run her off, but then she comes back later that night and it, sees them. It's a cave. Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, got him! Uh, and so you have the monsters tracking after Natalie on, a, on their date. Uh, they find her on the subway, chase her onto a bus. Um, and they also find our monster kid, Paula, uh, where they try to get to her at the house, but she's ready and fights back. Uh, and eventually this leads up to, uh, as you will have in your 80s movie, let's have a showdown at the Battle of the Bands. Yeah, <laughs> and so,
2: Boy, does that come out of nowhere. It, it feels like it belongs in the movie Mon- The Monster Club. Yeah, yeah, but this is my
1: point, though. It's all these things that are just like, what's popular Right now. Yeah. Let's just slap it all together.
2: You know how I knew Paula was a teenager? Uh, she had that hat turned backwards. Like, see, <laughs> you see me in, that meme. Hello.
0: <laughs> Hello, fellow kids. Uh, yeah, and what's funny, Professor, because I was texting you as I was watching the other movie, is parts of New Year's Evil and this are bleeding together in my brain. Yeah. Because I just watched both of them for the first <laughs> time.
1: <laughs> but here's what's interesting to kind of run alongside what I'm talking about. It's like it's goofy, but then the music at the Battle of the Bands... Fantastic! Yeah, exactly. This, is, this is original music written, recorded, um, and the score for that matter throughout is good. This movie did not have a lot of money, clearly. What? But I think we're being a little too hard on the costumes for an independent, sure VHS era indie. Yeah, I mean they really make them look fairly decent. I can't really defend the one-eyed reptile that looks like it fell out of a cereal box. <laughs> oh
2: man, that looks like a straight nineteen fifties, sixties beach monster. Yeah, Schlock Roger Corman, and that might
1: even be giving him a pass with that comparison. I mean, I recognize that one's pretty bad, but they're pretty inventive for not having a whole lot of resources for this. I'd agree, Um, but I think
0: that's probably what makes this film stand out and like why people do remember this film because of the variety of monsters.
1: Yeah, it's just so random and bizarre. But you get this uh, kind of the third act set at this battle of the bands, and we've learned at this point that the easiest way to destroy them is water. So they arm them with squirt guns, which, again, it just feels like ridiculous 80s. This feels like what you think of with 80s movies, and then you watch
0: them, and it's never that way. This actually is. I heard that they could be stopped with fine Bavarian (laughs) (laughs) Um, miak. And so you have, um,
1: basically, as you'd expect, they show up. And it's just a melee there that we we're getting out the fire hoses. People are fleeing, and and you get the chaos that you tuned in for.
0: Yeah. Um, As I often say, and then the man in the backyard ever one attack and it turned into a ballroom <laughs> blitz. And so, um, at that point, once
1: once the dust settles on this, they go out. Some of the detectives that we've had throughout the film go out with the kids, and they go to their location. To show them, like, hey, this is where we discovered them. Because if we haven't clarified this very well, the the these maniacs live in the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. And so they take them down to there, and they're not there. They comb come all through there, and then the detective gets hooked. Like, literally hooked. Like a bus opening and gets <laughs> On
2: <that>
1: him. On <laughs> So you know, at this point, the maniacs still exist in San Francisco, and then we show the kids uh, still out and about. So this is an unfinished movie, is what you've watched. Like they ran out of money, and then finally just slapped credits on it and so <laughs> the it's a movie that didn't have much to make it with, and it's technically an unfinished movie yet when you watch it, it's just as entertaining as a lot of garbage from that era that we watch, and some of which we celebrate so I just think it's an it's just this one of a kind movie that kind of kind of just lingers. I watched it one time and and found myself thinking about it. A little bit more than I would have ever dreamt. I think it's the music.
2: What do you think the average age of the actors playing high schoolers in this movie is? <laughs> 32. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they are much older than the high schoolers that they're playing. I found that to be funny. Um, sure. I think the moral to the story watching this movie is never use public transportation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Without question.
0: Typical American. Uh, they
2: love the compressed air gimmick for special effects. They use that mm. a bit. And for the sharp eyed comic book nerd at the costume ball, there is a Mr. Miracle costume, which is a fairly obscure Jack Kirby's New World creation at
0: DC Comics. No one knows what you're talking about.
2: Dang. Nerds do. <laughs>
0: Um, I also I, I like the Neon Maniacs dancing at the battle. of the Yes, it was a great addition. Um, yeah, it's wacky. Uh, I don't regret watching it. I really wasn't sure what I watched when it wrapped and it <laughs> rolled the credits, and I just thought uh, it's 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 a little gem for genre fans.
1: Yeah, that's why I picked it. It's yeah. not. I don't make any illusions that this is a good movie. Yeah, but it's got a certain charm to it. And I really do find it interesting that what it did accomplish with the little that it had and when it was made, because a lot of the things you would compare this to didn't exist yet. Yeah. And so somebody had the nuts to come out with this bizarre parade of monsters that have nothing to do with each other. Uh, in an era when they could just be slashing people up. And so. you can
2: find this on Tubi or Pluto, which makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. Like, th- this is exactly what those channels And have. this is this one this that I had
0: scrolled past on there and went, oh man, Neon Maniacs. I've always been meaning to watch that. And then yeah. professor picked it and I said, oh. And then you watch one. Joe Dirt again. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's yeah. like uh, it's like aliens came here and just, they're like, take notes on 15 things for
0: this decade and put them in a movie. Hmm. That's what it's like. Yeah. It really is. And that's, uh, it's funny you say that because a lot of people say that about like Freddy versus Jason. They're like a, an alien watched some Freddy and Jason movies and then tried to make a Freddy and Jason movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting
1: one. I mean, there's not conversationally a, a whole lot to go deep on. I just, I think it's one of those movies that, I think a, a certain percentage of listeners will, will actually really like yeah because uh, it's just got some fun heart to it and then um i want to point out too the TerraVision records which is a pretty small label just remastered and released the music <laughs> on vinyl nice which i think is the best thing about the movie yeah. from the mu- the music the the battle of the bands and the score it's just so good yeah yeah neon maniacs
0: i i appreciated the excuse to watch it
1: oh yeah uh I would say any listeners that are big into 80s stuff, at least give it a watch one time.
0: Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Professor. My for pleasure. The neon Maniacs. That was the American selection for this night's. Uh...
1: <laughs> right? I didn't think about that until I started watching this. I was like,
0: oh, I'm the heathen. I don't want to pick on the, the American stuff. So I picked a little film called Grabbers and Grabbers is an Irish film uh, and it uh, it came out in 2012 and it stars uh, Kill- Killian Coyle, Stuart Graham, Michael Huff Richard Coyle, Ruth Bradley, Jonathan Ryan uh, Layla Roddy a few people that you have seen in some other things but aren't like mainstays in American cinema um and I chose this on Saint Patrick's Day, <laughs> yeah. so we were trying to. I was like, "Ah, I'm burned out on Leprechaun. What's another good Irish horror film to watch?" And of course, Grabbers was the one that came to mind. Had either of you seen this before?
1: No, I remembered when it
0: came out. I remember the
1: poster for it, um, but I hadn't checked it out. I'd meant to, so I was glad to get the opportunity,
0: the reason to watch it now.
2: I was completely unaware of it.
0: Okay. Okay well let me stumble my way through the synopsis here (laughs) you got some sailors they're out at sea and they see a green light come through the sky and crash into the sea and they die while investigating it and then you have a new cop who comes to the island and you've got an older drunk cop right you get that stereotype in lots of films as her partner um and then we start seeing weird things happen around the island. The old fisherman finds a bunch of uh, dead whales on the seashore. Um, and we start realizing there's some sort of creature thing happening, especially with how these whales died. And so that's kind of the, the setup of the first act here. Any, any thoughts on that?
1: I think the 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 pacing for this and the the what they choose to let the viewer have as it goes along is the perfect ratio. Yeah, it's just enough to to keep you engaged without showing your hand too early. Um, but yeah, I, I love the opening of this. I and just for clarification too, I love the setting throughout the movie. Yeah, I think it's wonderful.
2: Yeah, I I agree with all of that. Also, something that I find refreshing from time to time is getting a non-American horror film or perspective. And so it was nice to have this in a setting that I'm not used to, which immediately makes it feel less trope to me. Sure. And it is the right blend of... I'll say it doesn't get too dramatic but there's some drama to it drama sure. serious drama uh, creature feature feel and comedy and they managed to blend all that all of that very nicely another smart move is a lot of it is at night so with that CGI which I'm not a huge fan of CGI but I think this CGI has done well in this movie mm-hmm. and having it at night I think would hide other things that may if you had it in broad daylight which some there are some parts but i think they do a good job of using it wisely and the presentation to where it looks good looks believable
0: and there's a little bit of practical too and so the blend of practical and cgi works pretty well um they use it where they should yeah mm-hmm. i mean some of that stuff obviously they can't do practical and where they do it looks excellent mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so that's the that's part of why it had Staying power with me is the first time I watched it, I was like, This is better than it should have been. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, better than I expected, honestly. Yeah, I was like, This is better than it should have been, just because for the same reasons that you said, it it dabbles in even by looking at the cover art, it's better than it should be. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. And so, I thought, Yeah, it's time, let's watch that. Let's watch that. And so, essentially, it's some sort of alien being, some sort of tentacle being that has come from outer space. and it's got a little bit of, like, kind of a face grabber sort of thing, like alien, face mm-hmm. hugger. Um, but also this weird kind of bit where, like, the, the bigger ones can, like, manipulate people. Like, hit them with their tentacle and, like, puppet them around just a little bit. Um, and we find out that the creatures thrive off of, essentially, uh, water and flesh that give them life. But we find out that they don't like alcohol in the blood system. Yeah. And you're at a small Irish seaside town. Have fun with that. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. So do you guys feel like that was too silly of a turn? No, I think it makes the movie. Yeah.
2: No, I think it's fine. And, and <clears throat> I, I think for people, if you like Shaun of the Dead... Yeah, I, I thought, think this I is in the same vein that. Yeah. that you would really enjoy this movie as well. It's not exactly the same thing, but I think it's similar enough, and it's got enough of that tone. Where because you know, Shaun of the Dead had some some scary moments mm-hmm. as well. Uh, no, I think I I don't think that's too silly. I I would argue maybe it's too stereotypical. <laughs> maybe I'd argue that, but I don't <laughs> think it's anything that's a detriment to the movie.
0: Yeah. I left out too that they find the, the mother uh, creature in this cave, and there's a really fun POV kill with that. It's, it's a sewer, actually. <laughs> it was man made. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so once they find out that the creature doesn't like blood with alcohol in the bloodstream, they decide that they are going to plan it around this big storm that's coming. And they're going to have a lock-in at the pub, and everyone has to get It's the best part of the movie. Drunk. <laughs> and I
1: just want to clarify, too, that what I really loved about it, because when they do that setup, I'm like, oh, this is fun. But then my brain was like immediately, oh, this is going to turn into a, a sloppy, drunk comedy. But they don't go too far no. away. That. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about it. You get this communal experience with them in the bar. That It's like a fun version of The Mist or these other settings in movies where we get people kind of trapped in together as they cope with something. But it's in it the most charming possible way. This and, little Irish village. And
2: I feel like they flip your expectation too because the alcoholic cop is the one who decides to abstain mm-hmm. from drinking and then the straight-laced new female cop is the one who gets drunk. Yeah, So they kind of flip, I think, what you're kind of expecting it to be
0: as well. And they choose her to do the experiment to find out if it... <laughs> how it feels about people with blood or alcohol in their bloodstream or at this point alcohol blood in their alcohol stream yeah <laughs> um yeah and so it's fun they, they've got that whole experiment going where um the, the grabber tries to to grab a hold of them and the drunk blood kills the grabber and you've got this whole village in the bar and what's funny is then at this point though the problem turns and that they're all too drunk to fight the creature <laughs> Yep. And that's a hilarious scene where they're all just like stumbling over each other Dying. as they're trying to fight it. And they're like, Ah, I'm just <laughs> d- drunk too much. <laughs> and then right around that time you've got the, the serious scientist from the village who's helping them determine these things. He's drunk out there trying to confront the, the beast and it just smokes him and That'd it be sends me. him flying off of the island.
1: <laughs> I get drunk and think I was being a hero and I just get get, get my ass whipped. And I got you got to admit, the little creatures were really cute. Oh, I love them. <laughs> I love, too, I want to point out that this movie doesn't wait and wait and wait and wait yeah. and wait to show you. They But they don't overdo it to where you're right. fatigued with it. It is the perfect balance you seldom get in movies like this where they show you early. And then they continue to give you the goods, but not a lot. Yep. It's just enough to keep you... Want more, yeah. It, it's a really good Another balance. thing that it's paced well yeah. that
2: kept me kind of astonished is uh, the noggin on that bartender.
0: Woo! <laughs> 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 boy, I had a big old head! Of head. No,
1: I, the, I didn't need to look this up, I had forgot to uh, the female bartender. I'm pretty sure she was in the commitments, she's one of the singers in
0: that, okay. I think, but. Um, she was good in that little world, too. Yeah, it's like I said, it's a handful of people that you're like, oh, yeah, they were in that. Or yeah. they were in this. And oh, that's S- fun. Uh, Stuart Graham that you mentioned, he's in a ton of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And <laughs> their accents thicken with how much they're drinking. <laughs> and they can't understand each other. Like you, Wickie said. Oh, have, St. Patrick's in the previous <laughs> episode. Yeah. And then you get a, a fun call back to Predator where they yell at the big creature, what are you waiting for? <laughs> So, um, and then also you get a call back to alien and really the second time around halfway through, I started catching, I'm like, they're working in lots of quotes from other movies because there's the part where <laughs> she's talking to the creature and she's like, get away from him, you cunt. Yes. <laughs> the call back to aliens. Yes. And, uh, with a, a yellow dozer that she's using to, to fight the monster. And, um, and then they, they, they get this climactic ending at, uh, uh is it like a quarry? Do you remember, or a mine? I don't remember what exactly it was, but yeah, there is some. It looks, it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a big place with lots of things going on. Yeah, yeah. And that's where they managed to blow up. Yeah. The creature. But then, or or the climactic <laughs> end. The 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 scene after the climactic ending is we find more eggs. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Which I thought was fun too. Yeah. Like sometimes I roll my eyes at those kind of endings. But for this one, it totally works, and and uh, I wouldn't mind a sequel.
0: <laughs> it could work.
2: It in this, work. In this instance, I don't normally say that, but because of the way they left it off, and if you could get it written correctly, I really think you could pull off a sequel
0: with this. Yeah. I, I really feel like my synopsis did not do the film justice because it just is a fun movie. Yeah, sure. That's done well, paced well, shot well, acted well. None of it's phenomenal. I mean, it's not like you're going to see Grabber's t-shirts at a horror con, right? but this is one that I would recommend to any horror and if, It deserves and it, way yeah, more attention, though.
2: If you're going into it just for scares, you're going to be disappointed. But if you're going into it as a fun creature feature, it, you're going to get exactly that out of it. Yeah. yeah.
1: And especially with all the nods to other movies,
2: mm-hmm. I, I think
0: this is something that a lot of people would enjoy.
2: I think it's a movie for fans of the genre. I agree.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, Well, I'm glad you both enjoyed it. It's, yeah. I didn't feel like I was going out on a limb recommending it because I, I was confident enough in the film that I was like, I, I do remember this being good enough that I could recommend it in good conscience and know that, that everybody's going to enjoy it. Yeah, I had a good time with it. So, yeah. Grabbers.
1: Do they make adult toys in the movie? It'd be funny if there was a website for that. A flashlight
2: for the little creatures. <laughs>
1: Just just for humor's
0: sake, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ga- uh, a gag a gag gift. Yeah, I'm not I'm not attracted to him right now. <laughs> yeah. Total white elephant gift. <laughs> so. <laughs> so.
1: What would the sequel be called? Just grabbers two or are we going creative?
0: Grabbers two, Irish Boogaloo.
1: <laughs> That's it. Should've done.
0: I can't compete with that. Good stuff. I was going to say just grabbing, but it works. Oh, grabbers too. Grabbing. Irish Boogaloo. Okay. Irish Boogaloo. Just that.
1: <laughs> Pretty good. Finally, something something white and fun.
2: Really? What? Your movie? Are we moving on now? Yeah, thanks, I, I so. mean, did you have any more to say about grabbers? No, no, I'm good. I didn't know we had closed it up proper. All right.
0: Yeah, I'd recommend it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd for sure recommend it. Yeah.
2: yeah. Okay. So we'll move on to mine then. Uh, I picked the movie Terrified. Uh, they're, also I'm, known
0: as Atarado.
2: I'm seeing some uh, conflicting information where it says release date 2017 or 2018. So it's one of the two. Um, I believe this movie it was made in Argentina. Yep. Yes. Um, and the basic plot line is. and Could I'm, you go through every
1: single name involved?
2: <laughs> I, and, and you know I'm not going to bother because um, I don't think you really know anybody uh, except the one guy
0: looks like uh, Argentinian Bam Margera. <laughs> he does. Oh no. Uh, well I think it's safe to say that if you're a big fan of Argentinian film or TV you probably know some of the folks But yes this. possibly. I do not know
2: any of them however. Um, and I'm going to go as basic as possible here. Um, Strange events start to occur in a neighborhood in Buenos Aires. And uh, you end up with this doctor that specializes in paranormal things investigating. And uh, you pull in an ex-police officer who is an ex-lover of one, uh, one of the victims. To start doing an investigation to see what's going on. There's real. That's really as basic as it is, boiled down to it, and as basic as that sounds, I think the movie ends up being more complex than that. But that's your most basic. We open up with there's a woman. She's doing dishes, or she's just in the kitchen, and hearing a voice coming out. She's trying to cook. She's trying to cook. Hearing noises and a voice coming from the drain in the sink which is very strange her her husband or boyfriend comes home
0: and she's telling him about it because he's like where's dinner she's like i can't cook
2: <laughs> yeah and voice uh, the she, there's voices he's like ah you're trying to explain it away you know he's like she's like and there's noises. Like he's probably the neighbor he's been you know Building shit in the middle of the night, pissing us off, this and that. And he's like, well, what the voice is saying? And she's like, well, oh, I said you're going to kill me. So weird, right? So he goes over and knocks on his buddy's door, or his neighbor's door, cussing him out. The guy doesn't answer the door. He's like, "Go make so much fucking noise, waking us up all the time because he's hearing this banging. And then he goes into the bathroom to find his wife just in the shower getting slammed, raised in the air, getting slammed violently. Back and forth, back and forth, against the walls until she's dead. He's then arrested, and basically the rest. Of it. He's being questioned by these these three uh, investigators, and he's like, "Look, what I'm telling you is, is these voices, this and that." And they're like, "No, we're we're here to help you.
0: Yeah, we believe you." Which is a big twist right from the beginning. Yes, we
2: believe you, and then it goes into the investigation of their house and neighboring houses and it's a wild ride guys <laughs> it's a wild ride i uh had either of you seen this before i had seen it okay
1: they got a it got some decent attention when it first came out with shutter um it, it had been mentioned on podcast enough in a serious way that i was like okay i need to see this i so had, checked it
2: out i had uh it was on shutter and it was one of their featured movies at the time and just the art kind of caught my eye and i started it grizz nope
0: never seen it uh but as we were watching it carrie pointed out she was like uh no like two parts from this movie were in that 101 scariest moments on shutter ah yes yeah and so i was like oh that's why i'm familiar with these scenes okay yeah yeah i forgot i totally forgot about that yeah um yeah boy that set up with her bouncing back and forth in the shower because he thinks it's the dude next door hammering on stuff. Yeah. No, it's just your old lady getting her... Brains beat in. Yeah. And I was, like, I was like, is this an Argentinian evil dead? <laughs> <laughs> it's, in some ways, you can make yeah. some of those comparisons. Yeah. But yeah, just...
1: Whew. Well, and, and, and with this movie, structurally, we spend most of the time exploring different incidents in the neighborhood and then the consequences for those...
0: Who come to and how they tie together? Yeah, Yeah. but there's really one standout from this movie. Um, Would you say in that in that vein, it's kind of City of God meets Evil Dead? Yeah.
1: So (laughs) there, we we immediately have the the next story, which I'm not trying to step on your summary here, but um, we get the neighbor who sets up the camera at night, and we end up having the naked woman standing over him. And, and you get these stories yeah because we, we
2: go from the first incident and then we go almost we go before all of those events to what the neighbor who the guy initially was blaming for making all the noise right. We start to see what had happened with him leading up until this.
1: Sure. and and so you like the it's startling with the woman in the bathroom, the night footage. it's creepy, but we've seen things like this yeah before. Until we get to the grieving mother and the the child at the table, and this is what I'm talking about like I've never seen anything like it. This is when we have left American horror yes. and are watching something from a different country, because this wouldn't be in a movie here. No. It is it's not and it's not it's not in the vein of pushing buttons. It's, it's not there to be just simply shocking. It's genuinely scary. Um, because what you find is it's it's almost Hitchcockian with the suspense, where you find yourself studying. And and to clarify what I'm talking about, because I guess we really didn't divulge that we have a deceased child.
2: The kid gets hit by a bus. Yeah, side of the house. Yeah,
1: back at the house, sitting at the table
2: after his funeral.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> and
2: but sitting like a statue.
1: Right, and it's this is why I love watching movies from around the world because they're not tapping into what we're used to. It's they're making their own things. And so you're, you're not seeing what you can predict as easily. And so the, 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 the genius in this whole sequence is that there is no movement, but you find yourself not only uh, disturbed by it, but also nervous as fuck Mm. because you're sitting here watching, just waiting for the jump scare that you're used to as an American, but that's not what it's about. It's about letting just the, the the grief and the creepiness just permeate in this scene, but then you also get the things that screw with you, the light out, the drink knocked over. So what the hell is happening here? But the minute you picked this movie, that was the image I thought of, was them just getting down close to this child's face at the table and studying him, and I remember it making me... It takes a lot to, to scare me with movies anymore. I was visible like physically uncomfortable the first time I watched
0: this through that whole sequence.
1: And I just wanted to make sure we spent some time talking about that part, because holy
0: shit. I was just glued to the screen, like, watching to see if I could see that kid move. Yeah. He never does. Not on camera. And that's what's so smart
1: about it. Like, if it were here, James Wan would have had a demon jump up the back and make me hit the ceiling. Yeah. But there was none of that here. It's, it's, oh man, what a sequence.
2: Uh, That Is that is very captivating? The first glimpse we
0: get of the thing under the bed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, let's not gloss past that. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Oh Oh. man!
0: Crawls out from under the bed, goes into the closet. Literally have goosebumps right now, guys. I can can verify. Literally (laughs) verified. Yeah, and so those are. Yeah, I mean. Yeah weird things happening on this street yeah and
2: and <clears throat> like you say like your american sensibilities are you, you can't rely on those now you you don't have the safety in american storytelling and tropes they really go a different direction with it and the way horror is presented Uh, because it's not like when we get the first glimpse of that thing under the bed that it's like really being imposing it's almost cowering but it's very disturbing when you lay eyes on it (laughs) because it's vaguely human but not quite and it's also proportioned weird yes yeah and it just again used sparingly to where you don't spend a lot of time critiquing any computer effect or anything
0: yeah (laughs) <laughs> so uh gosh i'm trying to think of where, where we're at here um so essentially they're going to investigate this and then they split the investigators split yes. up and go to different houses they're in what
2: three different houses yeah. at this point point?
0: and i'm like what are you doing don't split up. yeah
2: don't ever split up yeah so i i really uh I, almost, I don't want to lay it out note for note Because for anybody who hasn't watched it yet I would like for them to go watch it And I don't want to spoil the entire yeah, story so, arc the way uh, Spoiler goes.
0: alert's coming So stop listening now if you think you want to watch this movie
2: Yeah Jump in anytime you guys want
0: Well I mean we gotta talk about The doctor You know trying to explain What's happening to the ex-cop In front of this giant crack in the wall Yeah And then she gets smoked <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. that's the
0: other thing that that's like I think of the kid and then that that's such a great scene yeah because it's, it's an older woman and so you know in a lot of ways in a, and especially in American horror films you know kids are off limits older people are off limits and so it's an older woman just trying to calmly explain to this guy what's going Oh, this is what's happening here You know, I'm going to find out this or that and then bloop, bloop, this hand reaches out from this giant crack in the wall twist your neck it's nuts another thing that i found
2: bothersome about this that wasn't even on the supernatural side was the mother of the deceased child who does not want that kid even though he's a rotting corpse sitting at the table fucked with and they basically drug her and then try to convince her that she hallucinated and was nuts and it rings very we just watched changeling recently The true story of a woman whose child went missing and the LAPD tried to convince her that this was her son and she was crazy. Uh, So that struck a chord with me because we had just watched that and and the reaction she gives when uh, they get out to the car and she has went back. Even though they drugged her, told her that, went and put the kid back in the grave and sealed it in cement, she went back and got him out. And he's in the back of the car like, woo. Oh, yeah. don't like it no sir no sir so not to go so all this wild shit happens but then, to- then once we're back in the hospital basically all of the people who are on old boy's side who's in prison are fucking dead now so he's right back at square one and then as he's sitting there talking to the new group of people he sees behind them something has followed him in like a, a, because what we find out is these are they're I don't know they're demons or what they are but they they nest it's 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 a why it's hard to follow
0: yeah really it, I think I think unless you can speak the language and know the culture and understand what they're talking about like I'm like because that at one point that older investigator well the younger investigators is seeing those things under the bed and he gets very excited and he's reporting back and the older investigator is like, Oh, you found it that your theory is correct. The light and the dark mingling together and coming through. And I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, because that's our only explanation.
2: And if there's a weak point to this movie, I think that's it. Yeah. uh, The explanation. But,
1: the imagery makes up for Other <laughs> than that, man,
2: I was so pleasantly surprised by this movie when I watched it. And if you're not into this, uh, just a warning, this is subtitled. Yeah. Uh, but I, it did not bother me in the least. It did not take away anything from the film itself to me. So this was the second time that I had watched it, and it was just as effective the second time for me as it was the first time. And I've been
0: dying... To talk about it with with other people as well. So, yeah, we glossed over too that when the mother comes back, her ex lover, cop, ex guy, is like kind of having a heart attack. Oh yeah, he had a heart attack. Yeah, and so she's there to help. She helps him, and then he sees the dead kid in the car. He gets in, and then she's like, "You told me I was fucking crazy." Yeah, right. <laughs> and then. As he's sitting there, the doctor that just had her neck broken comes running out of the house and smacks into the car. Oh, man.
1: Shit's crazy, dog.
0: (laughs) And and while we just said that grabbers
2: isn't really, if you're into horror, if if you're looking for scares, don't go to that. If you're looking for scares, go to this. This
1: one wants to put its boot on your throat. (laughs) It's it's no joke.
2: If you're wanting fear and a scare... This is the one that you
1: watch, and it kind of gives you all the different kinds. Like yeah. it, yes. it's not just jump scares, and it's not just creepy, uh, you know, patient, yep. drawn out stuff. It gives like you suspense, It gives you, a little bit gives of you all.
2: visual creeps. Like
1: it's a perfect example of why seeking out foreign films can be really rewarding, especially yes. for horror.
2: Yes, I yeah. agree. I agree. Good times. Quite a film. One so could say I was. Would we all recommend this? Yeah,
1: I would say I was terrified.
0: <laughs> I would say, <laughs> fuck you, <laughs> me amor atorado. <laughs> that means my name is terrified. Uh, that's true, but uh, yeah. Did you did you workshop that? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, uh, for genre fans, for sure. Not for the casual viewer, but for genre fans. What What was
2: your your thoughts in general oh. before you sat down to watch it? What you were expecting? What you got in the beginning and by the end of it what since this is your first time viewing
0: um didn't know what to expect went into it pretty blind and honestly if you look at the synopsis just the brief synopsis on imdb it's just like weird things happen on a street in argentina and i'm like okay what, what weird things um <laughs> and uh, the beginning was strong And then it stayed strong throughout the film. I think my only disappointment is a lack of an explanation that meets the criteria of my simple American brain. At what point did you poop in your pants? Kid at the table. Yeah, kid at the table is pretty good. Yeah. I was like rocking. I mean, is they right? Starting with that woman slapping back and forth in the, the shower, I mean, I, I knew we were in for something. Uh yeah. Like, this is the, if this is the first five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's like this is yeah. part of what Hereditary yeah, it, built towards.
2: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't fuck around. Like it, it gets to it pretty fucking quick.
0: It does not fuck around, and you will find out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Check it out. It's on Shutter. If you've got Shutter, check it out. Oh yeah.
1: Okay. That's an eclectic trio we just dropped. That was quite
0: a mash. (laughs) Quite a mush of a mash, if you will. (laughs) So okay, well wrapping up another episode of the Monster Mash for the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I've been joined by Professor Wagstaff. Stay scary.